0: It's the power of dialogue, the power of um, engaging into the conversation, rather than just the small tweet or the the text. On
1: this episode of Latinx, I speak with Dr. Maria Elena Botassi, a Honduran-trained scientist in tropical medicine and microbiology and an advocate for global health. We talk about being a Latina in STEM, the pandemic, and her endeavor to make vaccines accessible for all especially underserved populations.
2: Algo como fun. Sure. And hi. <laughs> no. She also invited me, Fernanda, one of the interns. I'm a pre-med student at Baylor University from Honduras and a fan of Dr. Botazzi's work. Baylor
1: Honduras. 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 Hola. Yo soy Andrea Márquez, and this is Latin X, a show brought to you by La Red Hispana and the Hispanic Communications Network for the new generation of Latinx. We want to go beyond listening. We're ready to speak up. So join me in conversation every week as I meet Latinx from all over, the diferentes colores y sabores. As you know, a podcast is a journey, and I would love for you to follow this one. So join our community on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Latinx and reach out. You can also find out more at our website at wearelandniques.com. Please note that this episode is half in English and half in Spanish. La verdad es que usted es la primera persona, doctor que
2: yo conozco, que es de Honduras, mujer y que ha succeeded en todo lo que es STEM, science, technology y eso. Entonces, I admire that and I really look up to you porque son muy pocas, la verdad, muy pocas.
0: Es un placer seguramente estar platicando con ustedes. Así que, again, in the spirit of, of multilingual, siempre tuve esta pasión por las áreas de las ciencias, más o menos probablemente igual que tú, Fernanda, que nos gusta un poco la, ese concepto de, de, de curiosidad científica. Y, pero cuando entré en microbiología, realmente me di cuenta que, aunque siempre es en el área de, de, de salud, del área biomédica, era otro aspecto que los microbiólogos eh, ven en el, el aspecto de salud, ¿no? es, es esa, esa curiosidad de buscar soluciones uh, que yo llamo Global Health Technologies, que es uh, no solo diagnosticar los, uh, las enfermedades o, lo, o, o las infecciones, buscar um, métodos preventivos como son las vacunas, o buscar métodos de tratamiento, que son obviamente las drogas. Entonces, cuando me di cuenta que siendo médico, obviamente si uno tiene el contacto directo con el paciente en el aspecto de que estás tratando de determinar cuál es el problema y utilizando metodologías obviamente clínicas para, para abordar los problemas. La parte de microbiología y obviamente la microbiología clínica o la microbiología aplicada es sabiendo cuál es el problema, cómo vamos a ayudar al médico a detectar mejor las enfermedades y eventualmente cuáles van a ser esas herramientas como solución. Y me quedé en micro, o sea, nunca me cambié a, a medicina. La ventaja que a lo mejor tuve es que también en el momento que yo estudié en la universidad en Honduras, que no, ni les voy a decir en qué años fue, pero en los, en los en los ochentas, yo creo que ustedes no habían ni nacido, chicas, ¿no? En los 1980s, en Centroamérica y Latinoamérica también, obviamente, ustedes saben que nuestras universidades públicas pasan por ciclos, porque también... Eh, Eh, es muy determinante la situación social y la situación política del país mm, cuando uno sí. estudia en estas universidades públicas. Por suerte, cuando yo estudié, tengo que decir que fue una época bastante florida dentro de la Universidad Nacional Autónoma de Honduras donde se empezó a realmente crear esta, este concepto de que las universidades en nuestros países no solo son con un, con un objetivo didáctico de solo dar clase en la en la, en la aula no en just the classroom teaching but more applied teaching right bringing in science bringing uh, innovation bringing uh, on research y yo tuve muy muy buenos mentores dentro también de la universidad que traían también esa innovación entonces por ejemplo uh, la opción de en vez de hacer un servicio um, uh, público donde yo, yo fui a hacer mi seguro social dentro de un laboratorio de investigación en vez de hacer mi seguro social en una práctica clínica. Eso pues era otro camino que prácticamente pues se abrió durante esta época de los 80s, 90s en Honduras donde empezó poco a poco a ver esta idea de que eh, las, las entidades universitarias también tienen que traer innovación, tienen que traer esa habilidad de de que el estudiante aprenda a utilizar el conocimiento crítico para, de nuevo, cuáles son los problemas, cómo vamos a resolver los problemas, y no solo es el cookie cutter, here's a book, you know, here's the concepts and just read the book and you're learning, right, you know, it's how do you apply the concepts on a on a book right how do you apply the understanding of mechanisms of disease or or how do you apply learning about the different diseases and then you know what's the problem why are people getting infected um you know what what's what's the social underpinnings what are the um, scientific underpinnings So, yo creo que de nuevo wasn't easy right um it, it, you know It requires a lot of hard work. Yo siempre he he tenido la la noción de que las universidades son buenas siempre y cuando obviamente los profesores obviamente tienen que ser buenos, tienen que tener la la pasión de, de, de educar, pero si el estudiante no pone de su parte y no obviamente tiene esa dedicación de que no es solo ir pasar el pasar la clase y no necesariamente realmente entender lo que se está aprendiendo, pero más que todo es que lo que uno aprende es después aplicarlo y usarlo, ¿no? Como mucha gente a veces dice, ay, ¿para qué tengo que aprender toda esta matemática? ¿O ¿Para qué tengo que aprender todos estos conceptos? Es porque uno tiene que después usar ese esa habilidad de... The pensamiento critical después servir mundo?
1: There are a lot of things going on in the world, and a lot of it needs fixing and reevaluating. The only way to do this is by having problem solvers focused on first identifying the problems and then finding the right groups of people that can help solve them. And when I mean problems, I mean big world problems. And this is exactly what the United Nations does with its list of 17 sustainable development goals that they hope to achieve by the year 2030. You can access the full list on the UN website, but here are the first five. End poverty, because 1 in 5 people still live on $1.25 or less daily. Zero hunger, because 1 in 9 people around the world is malnourished. Good health and well-being, regardless of age and gender. Quality education with a target goal of ensuring that all students, regardless of gender, complete free primary and secondary education. And gender equality, ensuring that all women get equal access to quality healthcare, work, education, and positions of power in the government and society.
0: Bueno, casi todos nos enfocamos en en estos Millennium Development Goals or, or the now the global goals. ...que que son expuestos por las Naciones Unidas, you know, where everybody around the world, all the countries, all the big dignitaries, all the big uh, leaders, you know, uh, identify where are all the problems that we have in the world, right? Problems related to health, climate, conflict, poverty, nutrition... And we all then create targets to try to solve them, and that's the also another value where that's uh, where you, you you cannot do it alone, right? You know, we may try to tackle the problem with the scientific uh, view, but there's also how you can tackle the same problem looking at it at an economical view or at a ethical view or at an uh, engineering view. Para mí, eh, de nuevo, es Poder estudiar lo que a mí me gusta, pero entender que cuando tengo que eh, eh, entrar en la vida y en el trabajo y, en, y en, en, en lo que voy a hacer realmente como impacto, yo voy a tener que trabajar también con muchas otras personas que tienen muchas diferentes disciplinas. Es muy importante que pueda explicar lo que do, pero también explicar el valor uh, para un economista o el valor para un policymaker, ¿verdad? Right? For you, young generations, that you now have so much information, so much access, we didn't have that, right? And so you now need to really understand how all that information you can tienen que descifrarla muy rápidamente en sus cabezas, pero eventualmente no perder el enfoque y ver, okay, how am I going to use that critically para poder yo decidir qué es lo que yo quiero hacer en mi vida, no, en mi vida profesional, en mi vida personal.
1: Anything and everything we can think of, we can just Google it and have it in seconds. And right now, as a journalist, one of the biggest issues I've run into has been being able to decipher between fact and fiction or factual things deal with perception. My worldviews will reflect my identity. So it's very important to kind of step out of that and, and talk to people with other political views and stuff like that. What would you say right now is one of the biggest issues that we're facing right now as a society?
0: I think you nailed it with your comment. It's the power of dialogue, the power of um, engaging into the conversation, rather than just the small tweet or the or the text. Right? You try in a very small number of characters present a point of view uh, that doesn't have the flow of being able of, again, you know, really understanding and, um, uh, you know, dialoguing, you know, you may believe in certain things, I may believe in others, I may, um, you know, have a certain expertise, you may have a different expertise. And so there's a little bit of disconnect. in again, how we are not not necessarily it's not a debate and it's not you're right and and you know and i'm wrong or i'm right and you're wrong it's it's just again a a dialogue which i think is where we we have lost the ability of of listening right because we want to just make sure that our point of view just is the one that comes across and therefore we don't actually care to listen what is your point of view right so this is how I think, and this is it, and you're not going to get me out of my way of thinking, right? And again, and it's not a matter of that, that dialogue should be, I'm doing this because I want you to change your point of view. I, you know, the dialogue is, you know, why do you think that way? You know, and why, why is it? And therefore, maybe it opens up my mind and say, oh, you know, I never actually thought of that way, right? Everybody has different perceptions. They have had different experiences. O sea, alguien viviendo obviamente eh, eh, en Honduras y después vienes a este país, es muy diferente a alguien que nació de este país, alguien que nació en este país que viene con un background de una cultura diferente Y, y la verdad es, al final, y lo hemos visto con esta pandemia, at the end of the day, we're all in the same boat. Doesn't really matter if you're rich. It doesn't really matter if you're poor. It doesn't really matter if you're brown, if you're you know yellow, if you're bl- white. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, at the end of the day, we're all in this together. Ustedes que son los que van a uh, eventualmente run run the world, right? You know, all of all of you will eventually be leaders in whatever area. I think that we should not forget, again, certainly things changes. Uh, We have more better technologies. Uh, We certainly have um, faster technologies. We can find out about things, you know, much quicker than in the old days. But we've, again, lost this uh, ability of even just pausing a little bit and say, okay, let me actually listen. You know, what is really going on? You know, why is this individual saying what he's saying? Why do they have these perceived uh, um, assumptions? You know, I think removing the, judge, the judgments and just really uh, mostly ensure that you enter into a dialogue rather than, than a debate.
2: As a Honduran herself, Dr. Botazzi has often spoken about encouraging Honduran women in science to raise their visibility through communications, diplomacy, community engagement, and scholarly activities. She wants to inspire us because this is a major way to reduce the over 66% of the Honduran population that lives in poverty and tackle neglected tropical and infectious diseases in my home country of Honduras. Do you think the skills that Latinos need to succeed in the STEM field differs from others?
0: Everybody has to uh, build a whole set of skills, right? So remember, there's the hard skills and then there's the soft skills, right? So a hard skill is when you go to class and you learn about you know, how you know, a pathogen enters the cells and you know all the things that are very tangible, that are very technical, right? That you can really... Uh, learn from, you know, again, the textbooks. The soft skills are, again, is how are you going to uh, learn how to read, again, you know, body language when you're having a conversation, um, learn how to find um, the peers that could really form your um, your mentoring network, right, or your um, the people who are gonna champion you, the people that you can rely for asking advice. Um, Soft skills are, again, how do you deal with a difficult um, conversation? Like if you really don't have eye to eye with a colleague or um, even between you and the professor, right? Um, So there's a lot of um, juggling between um, how you build your um, soft skills. At the same time that you're trying to, as you're getting your professional career is studying and getting all this information in your brain, right? So I don't think that we are at any disadvantage or advantage compared to other um, demographics. Um, I honestly have to say I am a big proponent of, again, multidisciplinary and the opportunity of uh, multicultures provide to an individual. Um, so again, in my case, you know, I have a lot of uh, Italian European culture, together with uh, uh, Central American Hispanic, with of course the you know the American meaning United States of America. You know, I am a multi, I'm multilingual. Um, I know exactly how um, to even behave, because I I can um, I don't forget that things. Uh, are different. If I go and work in Asia and, and the culture is different, if I do um, projects with people from Saudi Arabia and you just have to be professional, you have to be, uh, you have to be knowledgeable because sometimes you say, it's like, you know, what's going on? Why are they not doing what I, you know, think that they, things should be done. And it's because people just have different cultures and different ways of communicating and different ways of thinking and different ways of doing. And I think that's the hardest part, right? So you can, you can definitely uh, memorize a whole book. You can, be, you can excel in grades because you memorized everything, but it's, it's that personal ability of understanding the soft skills, understanding the personalities. You know, uh, some people are extroverts, others are introverts. Some people are thinkers, others are more perceivers. Some people have less empathy than others. That doesn't mean that one person is is better or worse than the other. It's just that we all are different from each other. Hey guys, if you like our content, make sure to support us by downloading our
1: episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Share with your community and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Latinx. You can also find out more on our website at weareladinx.com. You've spoken about being able to provide uh, vaccines to underserved populations, and and finding a, an effective and easy way to be able to accomplish this. What can you tell us about your your mission to want to do this, and and how we're moving forward to be able to accomplish this?
0: Absolutely. So. Thank you for that opportunity because I could potentially go hours talking to you about this. Uh, but, but I think I think that the premise is that um, in me personally, and I think certainly the the, the the group that I work here at Baylor, and and certainly my partner, you know, professionally, Dr. Peter hotes we're firm believers that um, that health uh, and the ability of having. Um, good health, it's, it's a moral thing to do, right? And, and ideally, uh, as much as you possibly can, you, it should not be driven f- by uh, the fact that you're making any profits, right? So, and especially when you are trying to find again these global health solutions, these technologies, they should be able to be uh, serving uh, a benefit. Not only for those who can afford them, but in fact that they ultimately have to be able to be used by anybody, right? So you know, if you make a vaccine, therefore the intent is that um, the vaccine should be used by anybody that uh, requires requires it, right? It doesn't matter whether you uh, have money or not, because they're ultimately they're they're public goods, right? You know, they're things that should be always there for everybody you know there shouldn't be a decision of why you can get better care than I you know or I, that I do right and and you know we can go into a lot of discussions about access you know ha- you know accessible health care but you know let's just focus on accessible essential tools right accessible medicines ac- accessible vaccines accessible diagnostics right so we Therefore, for the last 20 years have been working on what would be an ideal business model, right? Because you still need money to develop these um, solutions, right? It's not like everything is is to be done for free, uh, but you have to do them in a way where either it is a... um, Uh, a matter of um, the fact that you need such a large scale that that also, of course, uh, ensures that the prices can go down or that you use methodologies that um, are easy, right? That they're not very complicated, that, you know, doesn't have a lot of intellectual property and therefore cost. So our business model uh, relies on uh, partnerships, alianzas, no, and the fact that again, there's no one individual or there's no one group that can do everything, right? So I'm an expert in a certain area, but you're an expert in another area. And if we work together, we probably can do things much faster and much in a much more efficient manner than me trying to say, I'm gonna do it all, right? So this concept of partnering is essential. So when we speak about these COVID-19 vaccines, there's three pillars, right? That you need to, you know, when you develop gener- generally a, um, a medicine, you have to have who makes it, right? The production side of things, the pro- pro- you know, the product, you know, who's testing it, who's evaluating it, you know? And then of course, who's gonna deliver it, who's gonna distribute it and who's gonna use it, right? So if you have a, a lot of infrastructure for making things, but then nobody can test it and there, and nobody wants to use it. You know, there's no point. And that goes around the, the triangle, right? So you have to have a balance where there has to be a need that, and there has to be people who are willing to use the technology. You have to have mechanisms to distribute it, right? You have to have a way of evaluating it to make sure it's safe and that it works. And at the same time, if you need to make, tons of it, you have to have the right people who will do it. And maybe this is a message, you know, a very direct message for you all, the young generations, right? Um, I know that uh, there's a lot of unknowns. Um, I know that uh, maybe some uh, of us, you know, the old generations, if I may call it, not necessarily, again, have uh, the flexibility or the same thinking or the same, like I said, you know, um, of, of how you're processing the information is very different. But I think we need to return again to this, um, move away from the individualism to understand that even us as individuals, we, we are living in, in a, a big and large community, right? We are a global world. So every action that we take individually, does have an impact overall you know with the rest of our community so that this even though we may think that oh you know what you know it doesn't really matter if I don't go vote because what's one vote right so if if all of us think the same way nobody goes out to vote right or the same It's like oh what does it matter if I don't wear a mask you know I'm I'm healthy you know I'm not you know I'm not gonna get infected I'm not gonna die you know and then. That, that you know and if everybody thinks the same way that's why we have the situation that we have now so again it's yes I understand perfectly this concept that we all um, have to at some level retain our individual rights or you know the fact of course we all are individual we all have our own right of thinking the way that we do but we do not live in an isolated island where we just do what we want, and there's no repercussions. We live you know, in a global world that every decision we individually make most likely have an impact on a much larger decision.
1: Hey, guys. Thank you for listening. Make sure to support your communities. It doesn't matter what you choose to advocate for. Just go out there and help. Connect and inspire others to do the same. Download our podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts so you can stay up to date. And join our community on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Latinx. Reach out and let me know what's important to you. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Good. No, you're good. Thank you very
2: much. (laughs) Saludos a mi mamá en Honduras.